0: to the better end, uh, where we rewrite last chapters for better ever afters. This is our uh, maybe first episode in a while, depending on what order I release episodes in. Uh, But I'm very excited to be doing this new episode with my good, good friend, Rebecca. Hello. Hi, Rebecca. Uh, So I thought to start us off, I would ask you what your favorite ending is. Is uh, of a story. It's a really hard question. There's so many
1: good stories. It's hard to pick a favorite ending. Um, but I think one of my favorites, at least, and I think it's very relevant because this show has recently uh, come back to Netflix and made a big splash. Is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm. I think it's actually also relevant to what we're going to talk about today. When I think about it, Ooh. it's just really satisfying. It. It resolves the plot we've been following from the beginning. Um, We just see the growth of all these characters we've come to love. Um, There's just a a nice moment of peace and happiness, and it just resolves really nicely. And of course you want more, but it it still feels like uh, I got what I needed.
0: That's awesome. And I feel like that illustrates another really good point of what we're going to talk about today. And uh, when people see the title of the episode, I think anyone who's seen the show will understand what we're talking about. Like what the majority of this will be about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But that a good story should leave you wanting more story. It shouldn't leave you exhausted that there was so much story. Uh, So I really like that example. Of a show. I actually haven't seen all of Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm currently watching it. Good. (laughs) It's one of the things I'm watching when I'm working night shifts. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very cute, Mm -hmm. which I like. Um, But yeah, so, without further ado, the show we're going to be talking about is Once Upon a Time, uh, the ABC, like, drama show. I would say it's drama, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would call it drama. Yeah, it's got its funny moments, but it's, it's definitely, I think, aiming to be dramatic. I feel like everything has to have um, funny moments. Yeah. Uh, and Once Upon a Time is a little different for me. Of all the other things that I've talked about on the podcast, I have seen the actual ending. Mm. But for Once Upon a Time, I have not. Because uh, it has seven seasons. <laughs> when it should only have one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I in a, like in the past watched the first 3-ish seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and then just got really exhausted by the show um mm-hmm. and like the fact that they just kept throwing out new characters. Um and so I never finished it. Mm-hmm. And then recently, after talking to you about, like, what show we'd like to do on a podcast episode, uh, I think we both agreed that this would be a really good one. Yeah. And I just re-watched season one. I was supposed uh, to. <laughs> but I, I have right.
1: re-familiarized familiar, myself. That's the word.
0: Yes, that's a good mm-hmm. word. Um, Should I? Yeah, so we're going
2: to... Oh, go ahead. Should you? <laughs>
0: oh, Uh, So, basically, we're going to talk about the show, Mm -hmm. a little bit of the background, in case uh, listeners have not seen the show themselves, and they don't mind having it a bit spoiled for them. Uh, And then we'll talk about our issues with it, and then our solution, Mm -hmm. if we can get to a solution. (laughs) Um, So, I'll start by describing it a little bit. Um, Basically, the premise for the show, and Rebecca, please, like interject at any point if you think there's something that ooh, we could get to add.
1: I have a really good um, way to summarize it, if you don't mind. Ooh, do I it. I think the very first episode um, it starts with just a, what's the word? A, a title card? Just words on the screen yeah. that really just summarizes what the whole premise is and what you're about to see. Uh, and it says, mm-hmm. I wrote it down, <laughs> exactly, there was an enchanted forest <laughs> filled with all the classic characters we know or think we know. One day they found themselves mm. trapped in a place where all their happy endings were stolen. Our world. This is how it happened.
0: Awesome. That is a really good like summary for the show right? that they did themselves. Um and that sounds like a really interesting engaging TV yeah, show, right? It's simple, but it's intriguing,
1: especially yeah. with it being ABC. Um, which is owned by Disney, like most of the world is. <laughs> yes. We've grown up with these Disney characters. We know them. They've been plastered on merchandise since we were children. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like,
0: what are they going to do with these characters? Give yeah. them new twists. And well. it is really cool. It's really cool to see like a big corporation take like their classic characters and flip the script, kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, and put them in a new context. Yeah. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about the show when I first started watching it. Mm. Was just the, oh wow, like we get more screen time with these characters yeah. that we've all grown up loving. And we get to see them in a totally different way. Yeah,
1: they're new and they're different and they're interesting. And we have characters that, that aren't Disney. Um, yeah. But we are familiar with, and it's just, it's fun.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think that's what the big appeal of the show is. Yeah. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, the main character, I would say, or main characters, if we talk about, like, a few of them, uh, one is the the son, Henry, uh, who's a little boy who was adopted by a woman named Regina in Storybrook, Maine, and... Um, And Regina is actually, uh, like an evil witch, the the Um, evil queen, the evil queen. I guess we should explain Uh, the curse, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So basically, all these storybook characters have been cursed by the evil queen inside their storybook context to be sent to our world and like stripped of their identities. Uh, And stuck living in this town called Storybrooke, Maine, that they cannot leave. Does that sum it up pretty well? I think so, yeah. Um, And so the Evil Queen did this to them. Uh, And now we've got all these characters like Snow White and Prince Charming and the Seven Dwarves and uh, Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio and all kinds of, like, basically the classic set of, like, Disney characters that you think of Mm -hmm. all living in this little town in Maine and they don't know who they are. And they're all unhappy. (laughs) And they are all unhappy, each in their own way. Um, And they... Yeah, they don't know who they are. They don't really know why they're unhappy. Um, And they are really kind of searching for their own purposes in life. And it's also explicitly stated or at least implied that they are like frozen in time mm-hmm. like they live their days in their life but like the clock in town has never worked and like nobody knows how long they've lived in storybrook yeah. or like what their life was like before storybrook and like the magic just makes them think like ah oh, that's nothing unusual nobody knows where they're <laughs> from uh or how long they've lived in this town or how they got this job or li- like came to live in this house nobody knows uh and they're all just kind of okay with that which is Red flag. <laughs> um, and they never, ever, ever have visitors until... from the outside world. Yeah, until Emma Swan. Emma Swan. And the reason Emma comes to town is because Henry, who I kind of spoiled it a little bit earlier, uh, Henry leaves Storybrooke because apparently he can, and finds Emma Swan, who is his biological mother who placed him up for adoption to give him his best chance, which kind of becomes mm. a mantra of the show. Um, and he finds her and tells her that her parents are really Snow White <laughs> and Prince Charming, that he is her biological son, which she does eventually, like, concede to. She's like, yeah, okay, that's that part's probably true. Um, and that his adoptive mother is the evil queen. Mm. <laughs> um who, like, is trying to ruin his life and the life of every other storybook character that lives in Storybrooke. Um, and so... Emma's like, you need help? (laughs) You're a little deranged? Uh, and she, like, drives him back to Storybrooke. Back to his adoptive mother, who seems very, like, concerned and and nice, if a little off. Um, and... Like, everyone's like, who is she? Why and how is she here? Because. Visitors never never show up. Like, nobody's ever been there. Visitors never show up. And once she arrives, the clock in town starts to work again.
1: And uh, Um, conveniently, with Henry's deranged ravings, Emma cannot leave town. When she attempts to, she gets. her car uh, gets wrecked. And she just can't leave, Mm -hmm. so she sticks around.
0: Yep. And she starts to get a little concerned about Henry's, like, Mm -hmm. well-being. Because of the evil queen slash Regina's behavior. Um, And so the show's presented to us kind of in, uh, we, the main part of the show occurs in Storybrooke, so, like, in the real world. Mm -hmm. Real, in quotation marks. Um, (laughs) The, like, our world setting of it. And then we get flashbacks to uh, the storybook world. Mm -hmm. uh, And what happened, how things kind of went down to lead them to the place they're in. Um, And so something I think the show does really well in that first season is it does really like kind of flip the script on some characters Mm -hmm. and develop their personalities and stuff more. Mm -hmm. Um like I really like that it makes Snow White less of like a two-dimensional character. Mm-hmm. Because like in the classic Snow White, uh like she's just the sweet girl who is hated by her like evil queen person. Step Not even her stepmother. Is it her stepmom? Mm-hmm. In the classic story? Yes, ma'am. Uh yes. Yeah. So hated by her stepmom and then like cast out and like hunted down by the woodsmen and all this stuff. Mm. Uh, and lives with the dwarves. And then eats a poisoned apple. And all of those things still happen in Once Upon a Time. But they don't happen the way you're familiar with yeah. them. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. And like... Uh, like Snow White has other friends. Like she's real good friends with uh, Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of like a... like Impressive like hunter-warrior-ish kind yeah. of person herself, um, which I think is really fun. Mm-hmm. And her relationship with Charming
1: is really sweet. Yeah, it's not just, oh, here's this cute boy that saw me when I was at the well, and now he's in the woods again.
0: <laughs> and now we're getting married. Well. <laughs> yeah, so like they actually like develop characters uh, and their relationships with other characters and other stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I really like. Um, And they even develop our, like, evil characters. Like, we get insight into Regina and, like, why she is the way she Mm -hmm. is. And, like, why she hates Snow White so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, her feelings are valid. They're misdirected.
2: Mm.
0: But, like, she's not just this crazy evil person for the sake of being crazy evil. So those are things the show does really, really well, I think. Um, Do you have any other things
1: you'd add? Hmm. Uh, Something I really love with uh, taking the characters and giving them new spins is some characters are like, excuse me, multiple characters, which I'm trying Mm -hmm. to think of how to explain without spoiling it super bad. Um, So minor Mm -hmm. spoilers here.
0: This whole episode is full. We're talking about the end of things. Yeah, you know this it's whole podcast spoiler. Yeah, if you didn't know that a story that like a podcast called To the Better End is gonna spoil the endings and like the things between the beginning and the ending of shows and stuff. Uh, That's fair. I can't help you. <laughs> uh, but this is your like mid episode warning. <laughs> that. Spoilers, they are a coming mm. So here is one spoiler: Rumpelstiltskin, who uh, mm-hmm. I remember
1: being. My favorite character, he's not only Mm Stillskin and he not only gets his own backstory, he's also the Beast in the Beauty and the Beast storyline. And in future seasons, he's also the Crocodile, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. Well, I think even almost by the end of season one, he's the Crocodile. Is he?
1: The Crocodile, uh, for listeners, being uh, the Crocodile who antagonizes Captain Hook.
0: Yes, I'm trying to think if cap uh no Captain Hook doesn't show up till season two, yeah, um yes, but he yes, I, I did watch part of season two during my rewatching mm. recently um, yeah, I think that's really cool too, as a way to it kind of gives depth to characters again mm. and avoids having to have you know every single character represented. I think I've entered the story. Yeah, it makes sense why they're all
1: intertwined
0: too. It's not just like, Oh, here's yeah. this one
1: character and just lump them alongside this other one. It really is a fun yes. concept. And they really did some really fun and entertaining stuff with it.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I would like to emphasize again, as I think I have in every episode that so far I've really only talked about stories. I really like uh, and it's because I like them so much that I think they deserve better endings. Mm. Um, and that goes again for like this show because I think you and I both really like the show. Yeah, I. It
1: just I meant to yeah. rewatch the first season um, completely before we mm-hmm. did this. I only got a, a bit in um, before I just <laughs> read summaries, but I really do want to go and finish rewatching it now more than I thought I would. Yeah. Well, the first season, anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe the first two. Yeah.
0: Maybe on we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really like Once Upon a Time. I think it's a pretty good story. It's got such a cool premise that, like, there was nothing else at the time competing with it mm. in the same kind of category. Like, nothing else was like it. Mm. Um. But then the problem was it never ended yeah until eventually like it just kind of died of old age mm-hmm. and that's a problem in storytelling not just for this story but for stories in general that like an ending is important um mm-hmm. uh, not only is it like reflected in real life that like all things must come to an end yeah uh but it's also just a major part of good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I teach my language arts classes, we always go over the plot outline, uh, which is one thing I've pulled up to talk about a little Ooh. bit. Um, and each major section of the plot outline, uh, or I've referred to it as like the plot roller coaster, um, is really important. Now, they can be done totally different ways. Uh, Like, following the plot outline doesn't mean your story is going to be predictable. But what it does mean is that it will be complete. Mm. Uh, So everything usually starts with some exposition. uh, And really close to that exposition, sometimes at the very, very start, you have what's called the inciting incident. Mm -hmm. And that's what, like, the catalyst, what sets things off. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, what would you say is the the inciting incident for Once Upon a Time? Mm,
1: let's see. I'd say the exposition is definitely that you know title card. Um, yeah. The inciting incident would probably be Henry just randomly showing up into Emma's life. We yeah. get a I... oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> oh go no, you're fine. We get
1: a brief scene where we see a bit of Emma's life before all this begins. But things just really take a turn in everyone's lives when Henry just leaves his home in Maine and shows up in Boston, this 10-year-old little boy, walks into his birth mom's apartment and is like, you're a fairy tale character, you're coming with me.
0: (laughs) Yep. And so, like, you don't have to have tons of exposition. They basically give you, like you said, a title card, Mm -hmm. and then they show you a little bit of Emma's life, Mm -hmm. like, just kind of her personal setting, right? Yeah. And then the inciting incident happens real fast. That's Henry going and finding her. Um, Sometimes they call that the conflict, and it's what begins the next, like, phase in the story, which is usually the longest part, called the rising action. Just like in a roller coaster, like, that's where you start to go uphill. (laughs) It's where, like, all the anticipation is built. It's where all these little, like, conflicts happen, which we see lots and lots of conflict in Once Upon a Mm -hmm. Time. Like, every brush-up between Emma and Regina, or Regina and another character, or the conflicts other characters have in their lives, Mm -hmm. like, you don't just have to have one, like, straight shot of conflict, you can have a lot of, like, converging things Mm -hmm. happening at the same time, which they do really well, because, like, we have Snow White and her, like, eventual irresistible attraction to Prince Charming, Mm uh, that leads to, like, all kinds of craziness, Mm Like, she becomes, like, the town pariah, and... Because, like, Regina has, like, made uh, Prince Charming married to some other person, mm-hmm. and he's been in a coma for, like, 28 years. Lots of crazy things. Mm. Um, all of that would fall under rising action, as, like, you're anticipating some big showdown kind of thing. Mm. Or, like, a breaking point, almost.
2: Yeah.
0: In, like, quieter shows. Um and we have that. Like there's a big showdown basically. Mm-hmm. Uh if I remember correctly in season 1. Um I think between Oh go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Uh well actually, you go ahead cuz I'm pulling up season 1 specifically to kind of double check. I believe it kind of
1: starts with um uh Regina attempting to poison Emma with, you guessed it, a poison apple, yep. but it's an apple turnover, because now it's the real world, but instead... Yeah, and
0: nobody just eats apples from
1: strangers. <laughs> but instead, Henry eats it, and mm-hmm. Henry is, like, the one to prove that it's poison. Oh my gosh, I missed that part. Uh, yeah. And so both Regina and Emma are like, well dang, because they both love him, he's their son. Mm-hmm. Um... So they start working together and have to go find a potion. And so the big yeah. conflict, I think, comes when maybe you might call it that or maybe you'd call it the actual conflict where Emma fights a dragon with a sword <laughs> to get the potion.
0: Yes. Yes. That would, I think, have to be like the co- the climax of the story. Like, that's the like, that's the big showdown. That's the like everything like comes to a head there. Because that's really what this has all been about. Like, while the big outer conflict is between, like, Emma, like, Emma on one side and all the Storybrooke people, mm-hmm. and then Regina on the other side trying to keep them cursed, mm-hmm. uh, it's also this struggle between, like, two women who love their son. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, who's gonna do the right thing to, like, make sure Henry's okay? Mm-hmm. And it's And how can they do that?
1: At the In the first episode, I believe Henry talks about the final battle and how it begins on the savior, if that's Emma. She's been prophesied to save mm-hmm. everyone. Um, it begins on her 28th birthday, which is the day he finds her.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the battle ends with uh, true love's kiss, which is Emma kissing her son on the forehead, waking him up, mm-hmm. and consequently... Her love for him waking up the entire town and the curse being broken. So the battle is won. True love has saved the day. And yep. it's, it's pretty great. Everyone's happy. Everyone knows who they yeah. are now.
0: Yeah. So after that conflict, then you kind of have what's called like the falling action. Um, so that's, that's the portion of the story where the conflict decreases. Where you start to see things heading towards resolution. Um, Where you're no longer worried about, like, life and death, like, of your main characters. Mm. Um, And it it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, super smooth. You can have little hiccups and mess-ups and, like, backsliding. Um, But it is pretty consistently, like, heading towards a conclusion, like an ending. Um, And it usually happens pretty fast. Your rising action might take a long time, like if you talked episode-wise, like, if we're looking at Once Upon a Time's episodes, uh, there's 22 episodes in the first season. Uh, first episode is really just that, uh, that exposition and, uh, like, inciting incident. Mm-hmm. And then episodes 2 through... Oh, 21 yeah. are, like... The rising action, mm. and then part of twenty one, and then twenty two, I would say, is your falling action, heading towards your resolution,
2: mm.
0: and so it just kind of wraps things up. Your resolution should give you give it some kind of like end, and it shows you how things end up for characters. Um, and like I've said in other episodes, like a good ending doesn't have to be a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But for this first season, it is a pretty happy ending for most characters. Mm. Um, and, like, that's fine. You can have kind of a mixed bag. You could have, like, a happy ending. You could have a sad ending. You could have even a cliffhanger is an is a resolution. Um, uh, as long as you commit to that, like, we'll never know kind of energy. Mm. Um and like first season of once upon a time does such a good job of following that classic like plot uh like narrative arc and it's like a fun ride if it were a roller coaster like you're having a good time mm-hmm. you're excited it's nice and fun and like it ends before you feel like you have to vomit <laughs> right yeah. uh and you feel you feel kind of like okay like that was a complete good story mm. it is really but satisfying then, yeah it is a really satisfying like when i was watching it i was really impressed that i was like oh yeah i really liked this show mm-hmm. um and i like i binged it really fast <laughs> and like i think i talked to you and said let's talk about once upon-, or you said let's talk yeah. about once upon a time and i was like Yes, I will rewatch season one in a couple of weeks. And then I rewatch season one in probably like three days. <laughs> um, partly because I was working night shifts mm. at the time. So I was able to watch a lot really fast. Mm. Um, could watch like seven episodes Ooh. in a day. <laughs> yeah. When you work 10 hours at night and you have to be awake, <laughs> you can binge a lot of things. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I really like the show. Um, and it would be such a good place to end it. Mm-hmm. Or even season two, I think, has potential mm-hmm. to be like a good like because they do kind of set up in that in that resolution in season one, they kind of set up a new conflict. Mm-hmm.
1: Rumple still ish- brings magic back, well, magic to yep. our world, um, mm-hmm. and shenanigans ensue.
0: Yep. Yeah, so he brings magic back, but all the magic characters, like the storybook characters, don't go back to their world, Mm. even though the spell is broken. Um, And it's kind of like, what's happened to our world? Mm. And then also, what are we going to do about Rumpelstiltskin?
1: (laughs) And now the evil queen, who is well known for her powerful magic,
0: has her powers back, and she's still not happy with us. Oh dear. Yes. So like that sets up a new conflict. And you totally can like the same way you can have, you can have a series of books where they each like individually have their own plot arc and like satisfying conclusion and then like continue on in another book. Mm. You could totally you could totally do that mm. for like a season 2. Um, I think even like Disney/ABC slash could like squeeze out a third season. Mm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But then you get really ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I
1: refer us back to the very first sentence we receive with this show? Um, yes. Which is, with all the classic characters we know or think we know, like, one of the main premises is that these characters are different. Um, mm-hmm. their, their stories are different, their personalities are different, there's still a core there that's similar, yeah, but they're these are not mm-hmm. the Disney characters we know. Their costumes are much different. Um, even the ones yeah. that are similar are much more earthy and like more realistic, realistic fantasy. Yeah, like gritty. Yeah. Yeah. And then Anna and Elsa show up. <laughs> And not just Anna and Elsa. Kristoff and Hans, and they're all in their, like, Broadway (laughs) copy-paste from the 2D animation costumes. And so is their story.
0: And and we have people not from a storybook setting. We have Cruella DeVille. Yep. Cruella DeVille is not from a storybook world. Like, 101 Dalmatians is set, like, in real-world England, like, Mm. in a different time period. And even Peter Pan. in, like, real world. Yeah. Yeah, and even Peter Pan. You're totally right. Like, Peter Pan, Neverland is, like, a magical Mm -hmm. place.
1: And we we did get a reference to Pongo um, from 101 Dalmatians in the first, uh, like, the first episode. But, like...
0: But it's the name of his dog. Yeah, it's
1: just like, oh, fun little wink. <laughs> yeah, haha, other Disney character name. Not copy-paste
0: Corella DeVille, who <laughs> is supposed to be from yes. a fantasy world. Yeah, so, like, it just totally, like, breaks its own rules of, like, these are the classic storybook characters, mm-hmm. like, and... That they're in a different way. Like I love that you pointed that out because that's even an angle I didn't think about of how different the show like goes out of its way to make all the characters in the first season. And then yeah, Anna and Elsa and Kristoff and Hans are copy pasted from from like the the movie. Yeah, and they're like a bad cosplay. Yep, it looks like where I was
1: I was looking at pictures because I just wanted to confirm mm -hmm. my memory that their costumes were, like, tailored to look just like the 2D animation they are. And so it just Mm -hmm. looked like a couple of, like, Disney Park (laughs) actresses. Not... Yes. Which, I mean, not dissing Disney Park actresses.
0: Well, even, like, their hair and makeup, I think, looks super, uh... Like, not necessarily realistic. Mm. Um which is, like, a pretty big thing, I think, because all the other characters have, like, natural hair, yeah. and, like, or if it's dyed, it looks very natural on yeah. them, like, fits their their look. Yeah. And they dress... Yeah, I'm looking at this and just, like, shaking my head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are y'all doing here? Totally. <laughs> you look so out
1: of place. And I remember uh, just with how much Frozen just blew up, which... Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. Love Frozen, especially Frozen 2. Yeah. Ooh, Frozen
0: 2 is so
1: good. Disney has, as we all know, or ought to know, no fear in just milking their cash cows till they're bone dry. Right. Yeah,
0: not just bone dry, dead. Yes. Dead, dead, dead.
1: And then they just Um, revive them and do it
0: again with live-action remakes. Yes. Disney, the necromancer. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um... Yeah, because, and I think that's really, like, when they revealed just how much of a, like, money-grubbing kind of thing this had become. Mm -hmm. Because I think it does take a level of artistic integrity to stick to an ending for a show Mm -hmm. that you create. Like, to be like, I'm going to create this beautiful thing, I'm going to share it with the world, and it's going to be, like, successful, and then it's, like, wildly successful and people love it. And for you to still stick to... Yes, while people love it and yes, while I could sell them more and more and more of it, I'm going to stick to the ending that I created for it and that it deserves. Yeah.
1: And it might take a while like, to get to that ending, but you get to it and not doing it feels greedy yeah. and cowardly, honestly.
0: Yeah, and that's why like you can you can plan out several seasons. Um like I think that's a mistake some sh- some shows can do sometimes is that they they don't anticipate how successful they'll be, oh. uh, and so they only they like cram everything in into the one season, hmm.
1: uh,
0: and then they leave themselves nowhere to go like
1: the Legend of Korra.
0: Ooh, I have not seen that.
1: It's eh.
0: <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> it kind of actually, but they kind of shove everything into yeah, one.
1: It was planned to yeah. just be a mini series. So they had it very compact in the first season, mm-hmm. just the one antagonist who was dealt with, and all conflict is resolved by the end. So the next season and the season after are very much the opposite of Avatar The Last Airbender, which Legend of Korra mm. is a sequel to, for those listening, um, uh,
2: okay. where
1: Avatar is like there's one antagonist, and I mean like main antagonist, and one main problem. Mm-hmm throughout these seasons so it's all tied together with all the other adventures and conflicts they deal with but Legend of Korra it's just kind of like aha we dealt with the problem and next season oh look there's a new one (laughs) and it just gets bigger and more ridiculous and it's yeah, you
0: kind of (laughs) lose the the point if you're not careful Mm -hmm. Um, because like part of that I think part of that is just a natural consequence of like things are meant to end And so, like, when you keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it to go beyond, like, what it should be, Mm -hmm. it just isn't, you, like, lose quality. I can almost, like, picture, like, pushing a snowball, like, down, like, an unsnowy, like, hill. And, like, little bits of it come off as it, like, rolls down. And eventually, like, you're out of it. Like, it's gone. Mm. Like, and the farther you go, the less, like, structural integrity and stuff that that snowball has. Um just because, like, you've got to, like, invest in each episode, invest in each season, and you've got to, like, have stuff to give, yeah. and eventually, like, the idea just doesn't have any more to give. Yeah. And that's, um... It's not to say, like, that
1: long stories can't work. Something, when right. we were talking about, talking about all this, that you mentioned mm-hmm. that was really, really helped me understand better was, um, plot-driven versus character-driven stories. Mm. Like friends
0: um that's yes. a character
1: driven one right
0: i haven't watched it myself yes friends is super character driven and it's also comedic mm-hmm. rather than dramatic mm. comedic shows are not and comedic stories are not always uh but especially tv shows are not always held to the same plot structure mm. yeah. because they're very serialized mm. And it still
1: works, so Um, it's still enjoyable.
0: Right, right. And, like, even it has its end. um, But because of that serialized feature of it, you accept that there's a level of sameness to all the episodes. Mm. Like, every episode, like, because it's super character-driven, and you can have dramas that are super character-driven, too. Mm. um, But, like, as long as it's dramatic, it's going to be, like... What keeps that drama, like intention, is dependent on it following that plot arc.
2: Mm.
0: Whereas comedy and like such a such a character driven show, kind of like Friends, uh, what keeps it going is people's love for the characters. Mm. Even to the point where they accept the fact that every episode is going to be about like thirty minutes long, twenty four minutes without commercials, <laughs> as Netflix has shown us. It's going to be about 24 minutes long and have a resolution within that episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, it'll have, like, it'll follow the plot arc within each episode. Mm. And you might have episodes that connect over, like, a series. Like, there's a whole long, uh, like, uh, story arc within Friends about, um, like, we could even say, like, just about Ross and Rachel. Um, where a whole bunch of episodes are connected, or the whole, like, I'm spoiling things for you if you ever plan to yeah, watch I'm Friends, fine. Rebecca. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, uh, and now it's not on Netflix, so... Uh, you'd have to pay HBO to gross. watch it. I know! Um, I'm not adding another subscription. <laughs> um, what is this, cable? Ugh.
1: All you gotta do is find a friend who already has it, and then you just, like, borrow, and you have a long chain of... Anyway, the story, yeah. Yes!
0: uh yes so like within each episode you have the plot arc where you have like the the setup you have the inciting incident that kind of tells you what this episode is going to be about and then you have a like rising action and in that conflict area you have the climax where like things could either fall apart or they could like come together and then you have like a a quickly descending falling action Mm. and a resolution and everyone's ready to reset for next episode Uh, in these comedic shows. And you can see that repeated in shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Office or uh, Community, Parks and Rec. There's a basic premise of each episode, this cast of characters will be presented with a problem Mm. and it may pertain to one character more than others. It may uh, go over several episodes Uh, Like for, to use friends as an example again, because I've seen it so much, it's very fresh in my mind. Um, It's like always fresh in my mind. (laughs) Uh, Like you have two characters, Chandler and Monica, who end up dating eventually. They've like been great friends and they end up dating. And when they start dating, they have to keep it a secret. Mm. They decide. Partly because neither of them are very good at having, like, real relationships, Mm -hmm. and they really don't want to ruin it. And partly because, like, Monica's brother, Ross, is Chandler's best friend. And so, like, they're afraid he'll, like, flip his Mm. lid. Uh, So they resolve to tell no one. So you have several episodes of them trying to hide it from people, uh, and all of the friends slowly finding out Mm. in various ways. And it ends, that little story arc, ends when Ross also finds out. Um, so like you can have that, yeah. but the main thing for comic, like comedic shows, is that they are formulaic almost, mm-hmm. but you because you don't need that tension, mm. like, you're there for the laughs and the people,
1: mm. and the people, uh, the same
0: way, like, sh- oh, go ahead, finish oh, your thought, go ahead, and then oh, well, I was just gonna say, the same way, like, if you show up at your friend's house for like a fun night. Mm. You can do that over and over and over, and it'll be very similar every time. But you're not disappointed, because that's what you wanted. Yeah. That's what you signed up for. The familiarity, the, like, laughs, the good times, and the people that are there. Yeah. And But if you're going to, like, a mystery dinner theater mm-hmm. night, you're expecting there to be some, like, plot to that. Yeah. <laughs> and for it to end. Yeah. You don't want to go to mystery dinner theater night every night. No. That would be exhausting mm-hmm.
1: and even in these character driven comedies, there can still be and I think I think there should be character development mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. changes, I think about the office, yeah, and the Michael Scott we have at the beginning is a weird, awkward, uncomfortable, just sometimes a jerk, and he grows and he he becomes a better person, y- you know somewhat. Um. Yeah. And he develops f- actual friendships and actually good leadership mm-hmm. skills. Just thinking about him complimenting Pam's artwork.
0: Oh, I love that episode. Yes,
1: I remember really just loving the character when he mm-hmm. was working at the telemarketer place and was just so happy to have friends. Um. But he's still he's still Michael Scott. Like he he changes. Yeah. But he it's organic. It's not forced. It's not out of nowhere to try to grab any attention or anything. It's natural. And he's still Michael Scott at the end, in the finale. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, He's changed, but he's still Michael Scott. Well, like, even to continue, I've really, like, latched onto this analogy (laughs) of, like, your friendships in your everyday life. Like, your friends grow and change, Mm -hmm. just like you grow and change. I would almost say in, like, a character-driven show, now nah, I'm gonna commit. I will say, <laughs> um, in a character-driven show, that change is a lot more organic and slow. Mm. Yeah, because it's about the characters. It's about the realism of that change. Mm. Um, and often a show like that doesn't have like a a clear ending in sight yeah. because it doesn't have a clear overarching problem in sight. Yep. Like Dunder Mifflin is not like, in grave danger Mm -hmm. at the start of the show. So it's not like we've got to save the company becomes, like, the story arc. Um, the way that stories like Once Upon a Time have a clear mission. Mm -hmm. Like, a clear plot. Uh, which also kind of puts their characters on a timetable for development. Um, and you can have shows that are kind of a mix of both. Mm. Uh, an example of one that kind of comes to mind is, like, Chuck, mm. where it's kind of a dramedy. Mm. Like, it's definitely funny. And I, full disclosure, haven't seen all of Chuck yet. <laughs> I probably will finish watching it eventually. It's kind of one of my shows I started and then and then kind of walked away from for a yeah. while. Um, but it mixes both you have like a meat an immediate like problem that presents like here's what the plot of the story is going to be about but even while that's true every episode follows that formulaic resolves in one kind of pattern
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so i think you kind of get a mix of characters develop both slowly while still kind of being on a timetable mm-hmm. um that show, I would also say, probably goes longer than it should, which is one reason I didn't finish watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been watching a show, and after a couple of seasons, even though you love, love, loved it, you end up, like, falling away from it and not finishing it, I would suggest the reason is that it doesn't have a good resolution when it should have a resolution. Mm-hmm. Because I think we all have pretty good internal, like, uh, clocks for when a show should end. Yeah. And sometimes you're willing to disregard that internal clock because you really, really like the characters and you just want more. And that's the same reason people like read and write fan fiction. Hmm. Yeah. But at some point, you'll probably get exhausted from it. Of like, this feels contrived or really like we said convoluted Hmm. uh, when we were talking about I think you use convoluted <laughs> and I think that's a really good like word, word for yeah and it's really a good description for what happens to once upon a time instead of uh, it becomes
1: I would say oh, go ahead. at least from what I remember it mm-hmm. went from feeling like um, the plot had intention to let's just keep throwing crazy things in here to mm-hmm. keep it going
0: yeah yeah, like, it just becomes... It's almost like they try to switch over to being character-driven mm. uh, after setting themselves up to be plot-driven. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't work. And eventually, like, you lose that that thin thread. Like, every show, especially fantasy shows or stories, uh, they are really holding on to the reader's, like, or the listener or the watcher's credibility by, like, a thread. Mm. Of like, hey, here's our little lifeline of believable, like of believability, mm-hmm. where you will suspend, uh, like your disbelief, and hang on to this, uh, and that's something people depend on. That you can accept for the context of this show, the way things are operating is real. Mm-hmm. Like these are really storybook characters trapped in the real world, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's like the that's the thread. They're like, here's what you hold on to. But then they start to abuse that, and you lose your suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Like, at some point, you're like, eh, I'm not buying this anymore. Even for this fantasy made up world yeah. setting. Which is. This is yeah. fake.
1: Yeah. Like, seeing the Anna and the Elsa show up. Yes. It was like, <laughs> it wasn't, ah, oh, here's a twist on classic characters. It
0: was, here's some guest no. stars from popular children's
1: merchandise movie.
0: Which is so crazy, because even in season two, when they are introducing new characters again, Mm -hmm. uh, because they introduce, like, Hook and all kinds of other people, because they that just, for whatever reason, is the showmaker's, like, favorite thing (laughs) to do. More characters. Yeah, we need to do... Like, we have issues. I know what this needs. More characters. (laughs) That's like being like, this party is... Uh, like this party is drawing to a close because it's three a.m. Let's add more people. I was going to keep holding analogy. to that, to that analogy. It's a one. <laughs> it is, um, it's... and so they're like, ah, more people, more people, and they kind of forget, like, ooh, we forgot to tell them what the dress code is, <laughs> and we forgot to like tell them to use fake names, or we forgot to and have, suddenly like, they like it's not the party we started with. No, suddenly you're like I'm at a costume party, <laughs> and these people don't know how to behave. I signed up
1: for board games and jazz, and now it, there's rave music, and someone's dressed
0: up like Captain Hook. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and so like that, then then you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna step away now. Uh, I'm gonna go outside for some fresh air and uh, never come back. Bye. No. And that's just kind of what happens. Um, because like you can't solve a like a weak story's issues mm. by throwing new characters at it mm.
1: or new strange uh,
0: plots. It's it's a new story. You've got to end this
1: first story. Yeah, and start. A well,
0: even like I think what really illustrates this is that season seven, mm. the final <sighs> se- yeah. season, is literally not even the same show. Yeah. It is a soft... It's marketed as a soft reboot, says Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Um, and it takes place, like, in a different part of real world. Uh-huh. It takes place in Hyperion Hyperion Heights C- in Seattle, Washington. Um, and it's a... It's, like, the daughter of Henry, uh, who, like, has to go on her own same thing mm-hmm. and it's basically the same story but different uh with different characters and oh uh, it makes me mad i'm Just reading me, things but... i'm reading things and i'm like this is garbage yeah it's literally um, the same thing they make they make emma wait they wait <laughs> what <laughs> what do they do uh <laughs> I, no, that's the name of the, the actress. I saw that. Too. I was really upset because I was like, "Did they make Emma Mother Gothel?" That would be because that's a weird term Just her actress. Her actress. Uh, is yes. Um, yeah. Basically, it is the same story, uh, but new characters. And what I think helps show that even the person who like ran the show mm-hmm. realized it was time for the show to to die mm-hmm. is that. Disney had to bring in a new story like showrunner. Mm. Uh, the last season is not done by the same person.
2: Mm.
0: Which is a that's a pretty big problem. Mm. Like you can have shows like lose story runners for whatever reasons. And then you have shows like Doctor Who that like replace their story runner all the time. Because that one's designed like, to keep regenerating time. and keep going. Yes. Yes. Um but when when the person who really, like, loved and ran the show, like, decides peace out, mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got a problem. Uh, so let's quickly talk about how we could resolve some of these mm-hmm. issues. Uh, unless there's something else you think we need to bring up before we move no, on think, to we're resolution. We're following our own little plot Ooh, art
2: look at that us. I outlined
0: at the beginning.
2: Um,
0: so I think... Uh, Biggest way, best way, uh, you could resolve this and give it a good ending would really be to end it after one season. Uh-huh. I think that gives you the strongest possible ending. Um. I think there are a couple of things you'd have to do uh, to kind of make that work. Because I think they, they do kind of... I think by the time they got to the last episode, they knew they were renewed for a new season. Um, and I think that probably shifted them away from what they had planned for the ending. Um, and they started adding in more like, now we've got to like, this is our new problem. Um, and I think you can have, uh, an ending where it's not like 100% like tied up in a neat bow. Um, where you could have like all your storybook characters are stuck in the real world. Yeah, I would be. A-okay I think that's that. a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be really cool. It's so, like I vote we leave them stuck in the real world. I feel like
1: like the it would be ending. less satisfying if it was a perfect happy ending where they're
0: all back home. Right. Well, especially since the whole show is about like flipping the script. Yeah. That that feels cheap to be like mm-hmm. oh and now everybody goes home and happily ever after. Yeah. Um, I think you could almost make it, like, you set them up to, like, almost have, like, this, this feeling, maybe not, like, literal scene, but, like, main characters, like, Emma Swan, Henry, uh, Snow White and Prince Charming, like, holding hands, looking off into the new day, uh, like, the edge of town, mm-hmm. where, like, now they know they can leave, or they should be able There's to leave. There's a whole new world. And they're, like, now we've got to make our own happily ever after. Yes, I love that. And I think that would be really cool. And you could still have like Regina is a lingering like issue, but I think maybe you could tie her story up a little better. Yeah, something. Uh, Maybe, maybe bring her some closure because her big issue with Snow White could really easily be resolved if she knew the truth.
1: Mm -hmm. I Uh, something I like about further seasons mm -hmm. is she goes from being an antagonist to a protagonist. She is redeemed. And they do some weird stuff with mm-hmm. trying to reverse that. But anyway, that's a different issue. Um, but I would yes. love to see in this one season, Once Upon a Time, um, more mm-hmm. of her getting redeemed. Not perfectly, but kind of like her and Henry's relationship. There being healing and redemption yeah. there would be just beautiful.
0: Well, I think you could even throw that into the last few episodes. Um We talked about that... uh, Sorry, I changed pages on my computer. Uh, We talked about earlier that... uh, Regina... I'm trying to think where I was going with this. Um, Oh, that... Yeah, like Regina's not necessarily like... A bad, bad person. Mm -hmm. She's not pure Um, evil just to be evil. Right, right. She's like shaped by her circumstances. Mm -hmm. And what I was wanting to look at was how much do they develop that in season one? Mm -hmm. Ooh, and the fact, this is the line of thought I lost. Mm -hmm. Um, So I talked about that rising action really takes up episodes two through 21 of 22 episodes. But you could really move that rising action back to episode 20, like, or 19. Um, Or within that kind of interweave Regina's story a little bit more so that you see why she's doing what she's doing, uh, and you might offer an opportunity for reconciliation yeah. between her and Snow. Mm. And then if you did that, uh, you could kind of give her a happy ending also. Mm. Uh, maybe, uh, she's still, like, a little haughty yeah. and, like, suspicious of them and, like, we're not friends. Maybe she's not that, that kind of vibe. Living with them, but she is
1: finding her own happy ending, and maybe it still involves yeah. Henry in some way because she loves him and has raised him. Um, but mm-hmm. she's still not perfect.
0: Right. Right. Um, I would almost even love to. I would love to. It would be really cool if you could bring back her love interest. Mm. That might almost be a little too, like, happy and yeah, too perfect. That might be too perfect. Yeah. But there are a couple of other instances that would maybe give it credibility. Mm. Um, but even without that, it would be really cool to see her maybe, like, find a new purpose. Yeah. Of, like, well, if I'm not going to torture this town, what will I do? And maybe it, um, because she
1: found so much love and... Happiness and raising Henry, maybe it has to do with giving other foster kids their best mm. chance. She can start the story the story broke Boys and Girls. Oh my gosh, home. yes. And she's still stern and kind of thing. haughty. But like yeah. she loves them and they, they know yeah. that that kind of like uh, that tough love kind of Well, because do. really
0: like she's like an orphaned person yeah. almost. Like her dad never stood up for her and her mom was a horrible person. Mm. Um, her mom is such a terrible person that would be really sweet to kind of give her like that redemption arc and I think you could work that into season one mm-hmm. pretty easily yeah. you might would drop somebody else's like little story like ooh you know whose story I would drop <laughs> uh, the dwarf and the fairy mm. who like are in love mm. Because that, while like a sweet little storyline, oh. felt kind of contrived, I think. Mm. Um, and you could totally take all the time dedicated to that, to um, resolution or healing for Regina. I had before that. Yeah, because that also doesn't really, like, that wouldn't alter the story in a negative yeah. way. I don't think you'd lose anything by um, taking out that little like, storyline, mm-hmm. um, because, like, it's really kind of a forgettable storyline. Yeah. I had forgotten um, about it till I read the Wikipedia yes. stuff. Yeah, because there's the, the dwarf who's in love with the fairy, but fairies and dwarves, neither one are allowed to feel love, um, and that's just, like, adding in a whole new level of, like, do we need to know this about dwarves and fairies? <laughs> Why can't they love? Why are they like and what this? what is exactly our definition of love here? And yeah, because they fall in love at like first sight. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is not my favorite. I really like that they remove that element from pretty much all of the main stories mm-hmm. of like Snow White and Prince Charming are not in love at first no. sight. Um, they're in like animosity at first sight. <laughs> Um, And I think that's great Because then they develop as people Because very rarely in the real world Do people fall in love at first sight And very rarely if they do is it really love
1: And when you think about it Um, A big theme really in this Is that love is a choice And love takes time Like Henry and Regina And Emma and Henry Mm -hmm. Like she's she's mean to him (laughs) When she first shows up It takes her time to learn how to love him um, but she mm-hmm. does and throwing in this little forgettable side story about a dwarf and a, a blue fairy who just yeah instantly like each other when we could be dedicating that to developing Regina who's already an important and intriguing character right. who is most learning how to love I mean, yeah like a,
0: would really like build the overall story mm-hmm. rather than distract from it for a little while yes that story about the dwarf and the blue fairy feels very much like fluff. They're like, we gotta add in a little side plot during this whole blah blah mm. blah. Like, there's not enough in here. Throw in, throw in two more characters. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think it'd be really great. Yeah, let's dedicate that to developing yes. Regina, so that we can give Regina a little redemptive arc before the mm-hmm. end. And then I think you have a story that ends on a happy note, but things aren't perfect. Yeah. They don't go back to their world. They have to learn how to cope and, like, how to cope with the memories of their past life and their Storybrooke life. Mm -hmm. And now they have to decide, like, what are they going to do with this new life they have? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you should definitely have those main characters, Emma and Snow White and Prince Charming and uh, Henry, leave Storybrooke. Mm -hmm. And, like into the unknown
2: mm-hmm.
0: kind of thing, I really like that it's
1: it's open, but it's it's satisfying it It feels like they've learned they've grown, and now off they go, I like it,
0: yeah, and it leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. Because you can, like, imagine, like, what is their new life going to be? Like, what new conflicts will they face? How will they adapt to, like, life outside of this (laughs) weird little town in Maine? But it's a nice kind Um, of wanting more, like with Avatar, where, you know, what we
1: set out to solve has been solved. And we have Mm -hmm. seen pain and we have seen the good things and things are, like, tied up but still open to a whole new world for them. And you want more, but you're also like, this is good. It's like a a good meal. Here's my analogy: a good meal, yeah. you you enjoy it, it but it, it satisfies you. You still want more of that mm-hmm. that good, good, whatever it is. For me, it would probably be curry, <laughs> mm, but you're you're curry. full and you're happy, and you know eating more would just spoil it.
0: Yeah, because then you go from being like full and content to being oh. like now I need to go vomit, mm-hmm. uh, which is never ideal at meal times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we found, like, a nice happy ending. I think so, too. Which every once upon a time has to
1: end with a happily ever after, doesn't it?
0: Yes. I like that. Well, this has been a very fun conversation. It really has. Thank you for joining me. Um, Thank you to our listeners for tuning in, especially after my radio silence due to the coronavirus. (laughs) Um... hopefully everyone understands that it was just a crazy time. Um, And I was focusing on time with family, uh, as were all my, like, recording buddies. Mm -hmm. And not really focusing on recording. Besides the fact that while I was staying at my parents' house for this, uh, they have a million and one wind chimes. (laughs) And nowhere in their house was safe from the wind chimes. So... I could never get a clean recording. It's so like anti-podcast
1: charms, wind chimes.
0: For real. I was like, I will record in this room, and then wind chimes. <laughs> I'll go to this other room at the back of the house. More wind chime <laughs> noises. I'll go upstairs. I can still pick up the wind <laughs> chimes. Um, yeah, so I figured I'll just wait till I'm back at my house and record a bunch of episodes. So that's what's happening. Um, but... For now i hope you're all doing well staying healthy wash your hands mm. stay uh, home
1: if you can don't
0: say stay home if you can uh but do socialize for your mental and yes, emotional health please help. do uh socialize responsibly yeah. and let's all keep working towards our better endings bye, bye.